sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. Once again, welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 140. Another week passes by. Hopefully more of you are getting back out on the golf course and most importantly, staying healthy. Another weekend of televised golf with the match taking place at Medalist. Truly incredible that Tiger and the guys were able to play. As some of you may know, I live in South Florida, just about 50 miles south of Hope Sound where Medalist is located. It has basically rained for 10 days straight. So great that they were actually able to play. I watched a little bit of it. I made sure I recorded it and will definitely rewatch it in its entirety. My biggest takeaway, though, is that we need more of these casual golf events. Let's face it, the big events that get all the ratings are the majors. The team events like the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup may be throwing the players, but other than that, does the casual golf fan really know the difference between the Charles Schwab Cup Championship and the Charles Schwab Challenge? I don't think I'd like to see large events like the Ryder Cup without fans, but following a foursome on TV as they zip around in carts, talking some trash, and having some contest holes thrown in, I think it's great. And the money that was raised for charity, I think over $15 million, I think this is going to give the corporations and production companies a great opportunity to get very creative. And while Tiger and Phil are huge draws, there are plenty of exciting directions you could take this concept both on the pro side and the amateur side. And let me just say this about Justin Thomas and Charles Barkley. JT had a great zinger about, you know, Chuck being too fat to dunk a basketball. It's great. But it's very telling how social media blows up over a comment like that. Oh, it's amazing. It's great, JT. And I agree. He was fantastic. But these comments are just standard, run-of-the-mill, weekend hacker shit-talking. That's what we do during our weekend games, but it completely disappears when we tune in to see the best players in the world. Now, as much as I like him, I'm not saying that the guys at Barstool should take over U.S. Open coverage or that Bob Mennery should replace Jim Nance at Augusta, but it sure does feel like these guys can take a joke pretty well, so here's hoping that we can get a little more banter into the game when pro golf gets back on track. This week, I am bringing you two episodes featuring two outstanding collegiate players that competed against each other in the Walker Cup last year at Royal Liverpool. These episodes were recorded a while back, so they won't contain much COVID-related conversation, which I hope is a nice break for you, the listener. Just remember, I'm trying to give you the recording date of these episodes, so just keep in mind when these were recorded. So you obviously know who the guest on this episode is going to be, but what about the next episode? Who from the GB&I team will be the guest on episode 141? The best way to find that out and to learn much more about this podcast is to follow along on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There's a link in the Instagram profile. That'll get you to our email list. So I highly recommend you join that list. And remember, every single episode is available on the website, thebackoftherange.com. My guest on this episode is John Augenstein. After finishing runner-up to Andy Ogletree in last year's U.S. Amateur at Pinehurst, 
he was named, along with Andy, to the 2019 U.S. Walker Cup team that was ultimately victorious against the GB&I squad at Royal Liverpool. My conversation with John was recorded in early April when we knew even less than we know now. So instead of spending too much time talking about whether or not he would return to Vanderbilt for another season of collegiate golf or turn professional, we spoke about his practice rounds at Augusta preparing for the Masters, the vibe in the U.S. team room the night before the final day of the Walker Cup, and how he has balanced academics with his incredible career at Vanderbilt. During this episode, you'll hear that John really didn't know what he was going to do with his immediate future, return to Vandy or turn pro. Well, things in the world of golf are still up in the air, but with regards to John, we now know that he is not done at Vanderbilt. He has recently confirmed that he'll return for another season and will make a run at a national championship with the Commodores. So if you're a fan of collegiate and amateur golf, this is another star that's taking advantage of another year of eligibility. College golf is going to be incredible next year. So let's get started. John, welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. What's going on? You know, um, not not too much. I'm glad to be on the show with you. Um, you know, I think I'm just kind of doing what most people are doing, trying to figure, figure out things to do right now and um, stay somewhat active and somewhat sharp and and so, you know, I haven't been doing a whole lot. I don't know about, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, just kind of passing, <laughs> passing time, passing the time, you're you bring, know, you're bringing the energy way down. This is not a good start. We got to, we got <laughs> to pick it up a little. No, I'm doing the same thing, man. I mean, I'm talking to, yeah. uh, I'm talking to, to golfers, uh, elite amateurs and professionals that are just kind of twiddling their thumbs and just trying to figure out something to do. And it's, uh, yeah, there's a certain level of depression to it. I'm not going to lie. Um, especially, I mean, last time we saw each other was at Royal Liverpool at the highest of highs where right. um, everything was so great with that. So we'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll revisit Walker Cup and we'll talk about a few things just to kind of keep us busy. Yeah. It's it's a, so I'm kind of letting listeners know when we're recording these. It's uh, April 9th, uh, Thursday. So Obviously, things are changing uh, on a day-to-day basis due to the coronavirus. But um, mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, all right. So, keeping busy. What is what is the binge watching golf channel? I mean, are you are you watching old Masters reruns? What have you uh, gotten into uh, to relate to uh, to kind of for, you know for you to relate to what everyone else is going through? Um, you know, I don't, I don't. I don't watch a ton of golf, um, aside from, you know, I love watching the masters, uh, all the majors, sure. you know, all of that, you know, those are Ryder cups, all the great events I love to watch. You know, I'll, I'll definitely tune in on the players and, and various other PGA tour events, but like, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't know what they've been showing necessarily, but I'm probably not going to tune in for the, um, Charles Schwab classic <laughs> champions tour. Um, wow. Shots fired. John Augustine, no. not a fan of champions tour. You heard it here first. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or not for me, but, um, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, know, you know, um, you know, I've just been, I'd say like what I'm majorly watching is trying to find some Netflix shows or shoot. I mean, you know, I like to watch Shark Tank. You know, there's a lot of reruns on Shark Tank. There <laughs> are. I, I watched. I watched it last night. You're you're good. I, yeah. I, I watched one last night where uh, I don't know. They they bought the this couple out of like a three like gave like three million dollars for this 
some sort of step for a pickup truck. I don't know what what that was, but they just guy rolled yeah. off three million bucks. I'm like shit. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great show. I love watching the. My favorite's Cuban. So I like to watch him yeah. the, dice up the people who come in. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not watching a ton of TV. Been probably playing a lot of video games with a couple of my teammates. Been playing a lot of Call of Duty lately. Um, but I've been able to play, practice and play a good bit too. So you're still at Vanderbilt, still kind of, you know, I mean, obviously the the collegiate season was uh, shut down, but you're still there on mm-hmm. campus, uh, you know, finishing up the degree. And I would imagine that you kind of had your path set, or at least, you know, had a good idea of, okay, I got the master, I got the masters in April, and then try and, you know, you know, bring, you know, another, you know you know, make a good run at the national championship with Vanderbilt, graduate, and then turn pro because this is your senior season. And then the USGA changed the rules so you can still play in that U.S. Open, get that exemption even as a professional or an amateur or whatever. So I'm imagining that was kind of your path. And now the collegiate season ends, but then you get the opportunity to come back again. And now dates are changing with these major exemptions Right. What kind of conversations have you had with whether it's Coach Limbaugh or family and friends? Not to put, point you into yeah. a corner of saying, hey, what are you doing? I'm just curious, like, what have been some of the things thrown out at you or things that you've, like, thought right. about saying, oh, huh, I never thought of it that way? You, you can't push me into a corner for what I'm doing because <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing yet. Right, right. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I've been talking to, yes, yeah, some friends, family, um, coach, you know, Coach Limbaugh's. Um, extremely supportive he he he's doesn't you know i know he would love to have me back but he's not advising me in any way right that would uh you know trying to make me come back or anything but um you know there's you know every option is kind of on the table right now you know yeah i was i was intending to turn pro june ish and and um you know take some starts um early or if i was fortunate enough to receive starts um, you know, I'd, I'd hopefully play well on those and, and, um, get as many fax hit points as possible and, and get going like, like everybody wants to, you know? Yeah. And, um, so now there are a lot of question marks. Um, you know, I think it's a good thing with the NCAA did allowing people to come back. Yeah. Um, cause I think, you know, well, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have many options at all. Um, if, if, um, we couldn't come back to school, but anyway, I'm, I mean, there's definitely different ways of looking at it. You know, I think, you know, with the new PJ tour university program with the top five players in college golf, getting full corn fairy status for yeah. next year. Um, you know, that was, that's one of the pros of going back to school. Um, you know, the pro is the possibility of making a Walker cup team again. Um, and then also, you know, being able to maybe win some championships with your team again. Um, yeah. And it could be somewhere to play for a year because, you know, I think that one of the hardest things for a cup for some guys that are in my position right now is if we turn pro, let's say, you know, well, for me at least, if I turn pro after the Masters, depending on what the season is doing, if it's a shortened season or if it's a wraparound season, those are two drastically different things for me. Sure. Um, you know, if it's a short, shorter, shorter season, then I don't really have anywhere to play after the masters. Right. Uh, but if, uh, if, if it's a wraparound season, then, then it, 
it could be more appealing to turn pro after the Masters and and hopefully find some starts at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, but you know that's all rough draft, and I don't, you know, I think once we start seeing some more answers come out from the PGA Tour, then you know I'll be able to certainly better make um, my decision or, or or think a little bit better on it. But you know I'm just I'm trying not to worry too much about it. Just you know <laughs> let let let, yeah. let time kind of. Uh, run its course i guess yeah there's really nothing you can do or really anyone can do right now it's it's uh we're kind of all in standstill and we're hoping that the things that have been set in place uh you know a, a pga championship in august and a u.s open in september and masters mm-hmm. in november we hope all those things go as as according to plan but um but yeah it's it's just it's, it's interesting and i'm wondering if you've had any chance to talk to other players that are um, you know, in your, in your shoes, you know, I know you're a Haskins award finalist. There are, uh, I think I've spoken to gosh, at least most of the top 10, 15 guys. I mean, you and, and, uh, Thigala and Cooper Dossie and Quaid and, and Castillo, Mal, all those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are a tight knit family. It's not like you just, you know, you guys all talk, whether it's you and your right. Walker guys, you guys all talk. Um, are you kind of getting the same sense Is everyone kind of like, man, let's just sit around or is someone you know, I'm just curious, like, what's the, the, the conversations you guys have? You know, I think, I think one thing that I was surprised at is how many people that I've talked to, and I'm not going to go into a name, the names, because nope, it's you know, not fair, but, uh, you know, there's going to be people I've talked to that are going back to school. Um, and, you know, I thought, I think that's a little bit surprising, but I also think that when you think about it, um, you know, a little deeper you, there's not really a lot of negatives necessarily right. um you know other than if you're just kind of ready to move on and um maybe you didn't have the best experience or whatever um but you know i think that's a surprising thing but i mean yeah a lot of us are just <laughs> we're just trying to figure it out. i mean you know i feel like every conversation i've had is so what are you gonna do i don't know what are you gonna do okay nice. you know? yeah like yes it's kind of like uh Kind of like you're at like a high school dance and the boys are on one side and the girls on the other. It's yeah. like, uh, I'm not moving. What, what are you going to move? And I'll, no, I'll stay <laughs> over here. So, yeah, exactly. So I think, I think, I think everybody's kind of looking for somebody to maybe, or, well, of course we need more things to come out, sure. but I, mean, I think, you know, I haven't talked to anybody that's like, this is what I'm doing. This is the plan. Right. You know, blah, blah, blah. So I think everybody's kind of waiting, kind of a wait and see approach to, you know, these are, these decisions that we're kind of making at this point are ones that will impact our early part of our careers. And yeah. And so, you know, they're important and uh, you know, you kind of got to make the best educated one you can make. You have a, well, you have a lot of options and uh, it's, it's definitely a different ending to your collegiate career, whether it's this year or next year, but it's, uh, it's interesting. Let's uh, let's pivot back to when we first met over Royal Liverpool at the Uh Walker cup. You know, you mentioned uh, (laughs) you just mentioned it thinking about, you know, obviously 2021 Walker cup in, in, uh, at Seminole. So, uh, uh yeah. you know, definitely, I know you got to play that course, uh, for the practice sessions leading into 2019. Um, mm-hmm. how often do you look back at Walker cup and say, man, I, I, I can't believe I got to experience that. I mean, is it still fresh or is it something that's just kind of back on the resume or are you still thinking about just that experience? Yeah, it comes, you know, it comes and goes. Um, you know, it, it's it's definitely not something I think you really understand how um, you know just prestigious and incredible it is until you do it. Um, you know, I think 
you know, I have some of the Walker Cup kind of stuff, memorabilia that I'm, you know, I have them hung up in my apartment, so I'll see it on every day. But um, you're we- you're wearing the blues. You're you're wearing the blue pants everywhere, aren't you? <laughs> Those have been on the hanger for most of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's not a shot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's I definitely have thought about it a lot. Um, you know, I don't think about it a ton, but you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, whether you're in a conversation with people or, or, or not, you know, there's just a lot of questions about it. And, and, you know, I'm always happy to answer them because it was such a special week and, and um, such a, I mean, it's just incredible, you know, all the, to be able to go over there to have an awesome experience, but then also win on the last day in singles was, you know, something that a lot of people don't get to do. And the fact that we get that done is, something i know that we'll all remember forever yeah that was a that was an incredible day i mean just the you guys just completely buzzsawed that gb and i team uh i mean nearly sweeping uh nearly sweeping singles um i right. know i i haven't spoken to Stu Hag- Stuart hagestad about this but and I, mm-hmm. I can't believe i haven't but um what do you remember about his speech the night before the match night before the uh the sunday singles or actually yeah. just the night before sunday actually yeah yeah um you know, Stu, because he's done this before, you know, he did have a lot of and a lot of knowledge and, and the emotions that kind of go into the week. I thought, like, he was a very good model for, like, conserving your energy, making sure you're doing the right things in the practice rounds because, you know, we're there for so long before the tournament actually starts that, you know, it's easy to run out of energy, run out of gas by the time you're, you know, playing Sunday, you know, morning or Sunday singles in the afternoon. Um, and so I thought like he was very helpful in that. And then I do remember his, his speech the, the night before it was, you know, he just kind of talked about, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it was anything, you know, groundbreaking, but you know, the last sure. kind of words, the last kind of words he said was just when, cause it's, it'll be something you remember for the rest of your life. And um, I think that those words just kind of resonated with us um, because, you know, I mean, Rarely do you ever, unless you are in Stu's uh, position as a mid-am, um, you know, rarely do amateurs have the opportunity to make multiple Walker Cup teams. Right. And, um, you know, I think actually this year, because of the timing, you're going to see more than usual. Um, but aside from that, most of the time, that is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and we all know that. And, um, you know, I think being able to, for us to be able to take advantage of that was – pretty special and it was definitely helped us too yeah i can't imagine what that's like being in a team room where you're you know you're two points down and you know you guys are all driving for the exact same thing and then someone actually stands up and says all right let's talk about this and, and this is how much it's going to mean for you and he he mentioned to me previously about you know being in in 2017 and he said uh mcneely did the same thing because McNeely mm-hmm. was on the team in 2015, uh, where they lost, and then he just at some point in 17, he said, "All right, guys, let's let's, let's go to work." Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's you know it's, it's cool. We're here. You made the team. Congrats! But let's 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 get some work done. Let's let's win this thing. Right. So, um, before the Masters was um, postponed, and now we know a date is coming up in November, but before it was postponed. Um, you know, everyone hears that news and they're crushed. And mo- many of us are hearing it when we're at our, you know, shitty day jobs. And we uh, look at our we look at our social media and, and we see a Facebook post or a Twitter or whatever. And we're crushed because we can't watch it. Well, right. you get the news 
and it's a little different for you. It's that you can't play in it. Um, where did you or th- where did you get the news that your 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 masters was going to be postponed? I was I was at Augusta practicing. <laughs> um, yeah, I was down there, um, kind of doing a a quick trip with some um, friends or members. Um, I didn't get the call. I'm just letting you know. It. I mean, I, <laughs> I was not called. So you went down with friends. Was this your first time there? How many times have you done practice sessions? Yeah. So I've been, um, I've been three times by myself. Um, and then every time that I go by myself, I can take one person with me. They can't play. They can just walk. Um, I like walking. Then, I'm just yeah. saying, I like walking. Go ahead. Right. It's a good place to walk. You're right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, of course, if I get asked to go with some members then I can go with them as well. Of course. Um, and so there's a, there's a member that invited me to go and, um, yeah, we were, we were, we were supposed to go down on a little two day trip and then I was coming back and we were supposed to head down to the Valspar uh, collegiate event the next day. And so, yeah, <laughs> when I, when I, when I landed in Augusta, um, I had gotten news that the Valspar was canceled. And in that moment, I got pretty worried that our season was going to get canceled because, yeah. you know, there, I'm hearing, you know, tons of stuff about the college basketball you know, that's going to be canceled or that's going to be no fans, but whatever it is, um, you know, you're hearing all these things about that. And so at that point I did get a little bit worried. And then about, you know, three and a half hours later, the, our season's canceled um, in the middle of my first round there on Thursday. And then very next day, you know, walking down like number five or six, um, we get notification that uh, the masters is now postponed. And so, um, you know, as a tough, as if there's ever a mediocre weekend at Augusta that you can make the case that that was it. I was going to say, uh, yeah. You know, just, just given all things considered with, uh, you know, finding out I'm not ever, you know, for at that point in time, sure, you know, yeah, that, that's barring what the incident yeah, barring what the NCAA has said um, after that, but at that point in time, I, you know, hadn't hit. I was never going to hit another golf shot for Vanderbilt, and and uh, you know, the most important tournament of my life up to this point was being postponed with no um, return in sight. So, yeah. um, you know, it was it was tough, but it was it was definitely a weird weird feeling. What uh, now? This obviously was a very unique trip to Augusta, but you've, as you said, you've been there several times before. Now I could ask you your first impression of the golf course, you know, uh, and and a lot of people have said, well, it's very undulated, it's very hilly, and and this and that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you were probably expecting things like that, and you were expecting. I mean, you've watched the Masters, we've all watched the Masters, right. so you know kind of what 16 is going to look like. You kind of mm-hmm. know what 12. Um, Anything surprise you, whether just and could be completely mundane or anything, even about just walking in, registering, just anything that's like, wow, I, I, I didn't know this. I've seen it on TV, but I didn't know this, this, and this. You know, I didn't know. There's a couple of things, actually. So, one, I didn't know that Butler Cabin was like bar- barring anything of him being a great member or whatever, whoever Mr. Butler is. I thought that that was going to be like maybe a chairman or whatever. Right. But it, the people that were showing around the first time said that it was just a member that said he wanted to stay on site. And so he built his own college cottage and it was the first one. 
Okay. And I named it Butler Kevin. So that's, that's Butler Kevin. Okay. And it's, it's pretty small. It's not very big. Um, but I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I thought Butler would be a little bit more of an yeah. impressive story. Um, but that's just um, a guy that didn't want to leave and he just pitched a 10 yeah. right there on. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I think from a golf course standpoint, I thought it was very interesting how, you know, the camera makes, well, for obviously the camera is never going to show as much undulation as there actually is on the greens. Right. Um, you know, there's tons, tons of slope on the greens, but even compounding on that, um, I think it's interesting how small some of the greens are that you cannot even understand on TV. Like it's very hard to understand how like number two, the green's not that big. It's wide, but like from where you need to land your ball from 230 yards away, it's not very big. It's pretty small, especially if that pins on the left um, pins on the left. It's very, very tough to get to there. Um, so I thought in the number sevens of fairly small green, it looks pretty big on TV. You know, everybody thinks that like, Oh, you can just kind of hit it on the green and it funnels to the hole on the front yeah. right on Sunday. Um, but like, you know, that area is pretty, I mean, if you're in the fairway, it's not that tight, but like, you know, cause you're, you're hitting a wedge, but either way, you know, it's, that green's not very big. And then of course, 12 is even more shallow than you can imagine, um, on TV. You know, it's, it's probably yeah, I mean, six, it, six paces from the bunker to the back edge. Yeah. It looks like you're either easily going to just dump it in the water there, or you're just going to blast it into the trees behind. Yeah. It's, it is crazy. Um, cause the water is not really that close to the actual hole. Like you have, you would think, I don't know. I always thought I was like, well, you have to miss hit it pretty bad to get it in there. Um, but <laughs> it's when the pins on the right, you know, that water gets actually pretty tight uh, to the hole because the green's so shallow yeah. that anything, I mean, you can land six inches short of the front edge of the green and it's in the water. So unless you're Freddie couples and then that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So and that was meant to be. Yeah, but. exactly. So, um, I want to ask you just one other thing about, about Vanderbilt. You know, there was an article that came out and, um, and I'm just bringing it up because it's, it's, I found it funny. And, and the title is, is everything okay with John Augustine's golf game? And I don't know if you've ever seen this article, but it came out no. like the beginning of March and huh. yeah. And, uh, just kind of talked about your game. And then the, the last sentence was his next test comes at the desert mountain intercollegiate. We'll see if he can find his footing and start going low again, which of course you did by shooting 63 in the first round and winning yeah. the tournament wire to wire. Now I'm bringing this up, not to, you know, not, not for clickbait or anything on this article, right. but I'm bringing it up because most people think that you just roll out of bed or any elite amateur college player rolls out of bed and just can shoot 67 in their sleep and never hit a bad <laughs> shot. So right. maybe dispel the, the the myth and maybe talk about what it's like actually to not only play high level golf, but you need to balance a social life and you have to go to class School, and yeah. yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about just your experience as a, as a college athlete trying to balance everything and how that, you know, there are going to be times right. where like, I'm not going to shoot 68 every day. Maybe I had midterms or maybe I have this, project i'm working on or you yeah. know all that stuff right yeah i mean oh, i mean there's so much that goes into you know being a college athlete and 
And I know there's a lot that goes into a professional athlete. I'm not trying to take away from that either. Sure. Um, you know, I think, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I didn't bring that up. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't trying to stir any shit up. I that's, was, just, uh, but I was just like, I'm reading right. this guy. I'm like, yeah, you know, they don't shoot 63 every week. And cause you know, right. life happens. Yeah, exactly. So, well, first of all, there's, you know, for, for, for at least being at Vanderbilt, we have 6 a.m. workouts a few times a week. That's, you know, after that you have class until noon and then you have practice and you have homework and you got to go to bed at some point so you can do up and get up and do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you're, you're leaving for, you're missing three days of class for most every tournament. And so you're coming back a little behind on that too. So yeah, there's, you know, I'm not going to talk about everything that we have to do because there, I wouldn't change anything about it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not going to kind of go into that but yeah i mean golf is just you know it's ebbs and flows and and um you know i've been you know i think everybody can attest that when you're playing well it's like you never think you're gonna play bad again it's like it's just easy and um you know like after the walker cup going into the fall season at vanderbilt i didn't play you know quote unquote well at any event and uh you know, finished second, third, and seventh. And, um, <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. I just played well, okay. Yeah. I the, just kind of, yeah, top tens. They're okay. But, right. But that's, that's, you know, that's when golf kind of was easy. It felt easy. Right. Um, you know, I didn't have, I felt like I was, you know, I felt like I was giving a couple shots away every day and, and still having a chance to win golf tournaments, which is a great thing. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's definitely not the case for me or anybody all the time, but right. it just, it just felt that way right then. And, um, you know, I kind of go into the off season, you know, had a, a played a, you know, kind of another decent event at the Jones cup. But, um, you know, I think that one thing that kind of got me a little bit was I was kind of, I was, you know, I, like I said, I've been, I've been playing all this golf that to my standards, like wasn't as good as I wanted to be. You know, I was making kind of the same mistakes each week and little things here and there. And it always is those little, little, you know, small things that keep you from winning. And, and that was just it is that I wasn't winning and it was kind of getting at me and bothering me and, and, um, you know, kind of mentally got me into just a little bit of a tougher spot. And, and, um, you know, I ended up not playing as well at the Gator. I think I finished like 20, I don't know, 22nd or something. And then I finished like 13th or 14th at the Cabo event, which that's not being the world Cabo events really good. And, you know, I didn't, I played very poorly the first two days and then just played well on the last day. So it was a backdoor 13th, 14th, <laughs> okay. but, um, you know, going into, going into desert mountain, we went straight from Cabo to desert mountain. And, um, I had kind of, you know, golf's all about kind of that momentum. And, uh, I just shot a really good score in that last round at Cabo under really tough conditions. And, you know, I told coach, I was like, that might have been, that might've been it right there, you know, that might've been a little bit of momentum I needed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I go out three days removed from Cabo and shoot 63 and win by six. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's, you know, it, you never know when it's kind of coming. Um, but I definitely feel like I started feeling more like myself, more confident, more, you know, ready to play and everything. Um, you know, after I stopped thinking, about like forcing myself to win or something. Sure. Yeah. 
No, it's uh, well. I mean, you had a. I mean, I know the season was cut short, but you know, you're got that stroke average about sixty nine point six. It looks like so. You know, that's that's okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I want to get you out of here. Uh, I know you have Netflix and all sorts of important things to do, but uh, yeah, I know, yeah, I got a big day. A big. What what is your day? I mean, I know yesterday you play, you're able to play a little bit. Like what? I mean. Jim, I mean, is it, I mean, I guess Jim Routine. Oh, I forgot to ask you, who has, of yeah. all the guys you know, who has the best, uh, who's got the best social media game right now? Like, everyone's trying to do trick shots, and they, they have, you know, you know push-up yeah. challenges, all that stuff. You're not, I know you follow, uh, I know you're on social media. I don't see a huge lot of posts. Who, who yeah. Who's the best follow? Oh, man. Uh, one of the kids on my team, William Mall, is, is, yeah. never gets off his phone and he you know he had he did this big trick shot video thing that i think uh vanderbilt our account posted and and everything um he's not he likes to have videos behind closed doors but doesn't post too much um but he's great i mean he, he's he's super funny and all that i mean i, I don't know uh, yeah you're right i don't post a whole lot i don't I never feel like I never feel like people care what I'm about to say on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter. So I just keep it. I don't I don't have a whole lot that's, to say. But that's okay because I mean that's you, and I think that's authentic. So it's that's fine. <laughs> I mean it's yeah. There's I'm, believe honestly, I was never. I'm not really a social media guy either. If you look at the stuff that I post, it's all about my guests. I mean, it's very right, yeah. rare that I'm posting something like, "Hey, look at me." It's all. It's always like, "Hey, look at look at who I'm talking to," or "Look at the the event I'm at." Um, right. So you're you're a Haskins Awards finalist. We are when we spoke about this previously. So we are talking right now when voting is still open. So we're going to wait and release this after the the winner has been announced, just to allow us to have this conversation and talk about Haskins. Um, you know, it's a it's a vote. So players can vote, coaches, media can vote. But let's switch that up a bit. What if you took the top 15 or top 20 guys that are in the running for the Haskins Award and you got to organize a tournament for them? Mm -hmm. 72 holes of stroke play. And it's all in fun. Like, there's got to be good golf. There's got to be good stuff to do at night. Where, where, in, in your, or you get to choose where you're going. Where, where does the Haskins Award tournament, so to speak, take place? Oh, man. Uh, it could be anywhere done right. Like you, you could you could set the format, you can set the course, you could set you you you're running the show here. Now you can't right. but it can't be your home okay, can't be Vanderbilt's home course. Let's just let's just fix that one real quick. <laughs> I would uh I don't know, I'd probably I'd probably take you know, I love uh golf in like the climate where it's it's kinda like a little chilly in the morning, but not like you know, you're still wearing just a one one layer. Sure. You know, it's, like it's you know where you kind of wake up and it's sixty, but then when you start playing golf, it's seventy five. Yeah. So you know, I would say probably like you take them to like Cassius, North Carolina, or like you know Lake Tahoe, California. Find a good course around there. Um, I know there's a lot in North Carolina, that's for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that would be really nice. You kind of in the mountains, um, kind of relaxing, play golf. Um, you know, I'd probably do, you have to do just stroke play or, or I guess you could do like a, like a bracket, you know, yeah. like a, that'd be kind of cool match play bracket. Yeah. That would, that's tough. You know, I don't think, I don't think I'm glad I don't have to worry about that. Um, oh yeah. Well, that could, that be could kind be. of fun to, <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of fun to do. 
Well, I, ho- I hope you get through the next uh, several months uh, with that, with keeping your sanity. It's a little bit of a challenge over here because there's not much to do. But, uh, you know, the, right. the summer is going to be here soon and then fall. And then it's going to be really interesting to see what you and a lot of the other collegiate stars do. I mean, just the opportunities and the options that are opening up. Um, it's it's interesting. And, and, you know, whether it's Walker Cup or coming back to school or turning pro and playing all these majors, um you got a lot of great things in front of you, so I'm glad we're able to catch up, and we will uh, we'll do it again soon. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me. And there you have it. Special thanks to John Augustine for joining me on this episode at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Don't forget, there will be another episode this week featuring a member of the GB&I squad from the 2019 Walker Cup. As always, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check out the website, thebackoftherange.com. And we'll see you later this week for another episode here at the Back of the Range.